0: More jobs than expected, more job openings and manufacturing prices rising. The latest pieces in the puzzle that suggest perhaps inflation could bounce back in the United States. In any case, it adds to the case from the Fed to keep interest rates where they are for now. March is certainly a pipe dream. So when? And the RBA in this environment, what sort of message will they be sending tomorrow? It's Monday, the 5th of February, 2024. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, once again, bonds were the story last week with yields heading down over the week, none more so than in Australia. 10-year yields were down 13.5 basis points last week, which is more than the fall we saw in 10-year treasuries. Uh, They fell about 12, but 30-year yields were down almost 15 basis points. And that was after picking up 10 basis points on Friday. In fact, that pick-up on Friday is probably the main story here because we saw 16 basis point rise for 10-year yields, for example, on Friday. Currencies were generally down against a rising yield. US dollar the DXY was up almost half a percent with the Aussie down last week down close to one percent in fact the euro down 0.6 percent US shares well had a bit of a day off bit of a down day on Wednesday but the rest of the week was solidly up so over the week the Dow and the S&P both gained 1.4 percent the Nasdaq had a couple of bad days but it was still at 1.1 percent by the end of the week thanks to a one and three quarter percent rise on Friday and commodity prices were down last week for just about everything except for gold but i iron ore fell over eight percent last week almost half of that on friday we also saw brent and wti both down 7.4 percent last week well since we last spoke. Non-farm payrolls in the United States. Let's digest that, first of all, because that accounts for some of that bond movement we saw at the end of the week. Here's NAB's Ken Crompton in Sydney, uh, and it was a big upside surprise. Um, maybe, in fact, you know, we should pay more attention now to the ADP numbers because, actually, they told us, they foretold us what was going to happen, even though we normally dismiss it. But uh, they were saying a big a big increase in numbers as well, weren't they?
1: Morning, Phil. Yeah, look, maybe there's a story about the, about the broken clock there with, uh, with ADP. With all due respect to, mm. to to those putting that together, but um, yeah, certainly this time around it was a, a little bit closer to the money. Um, non farm payrolls growth coming in nearly double the consensus expectations. Actually, I think three five five was the uh, was, was sort of the final payrolls change. And, and on top of that, it wasn't only just the fact that we had um, that really strong um, jobs growth. In um, in January, which that print was for, but there's also pretty substantial revisions to the previous um, to the previous few months as well. So over the course of those of yeah. uh, those three months, big upward revisions to uh, you know to the numbers of jobs in the U.S. economy. And this
0: comes on top of the JOLTS numbers as well. So you know we've got lots of jobs available and lots of people clearly taking them. Yes. Um, so I
1: think the you know, there's a lot of revisions come out in this in this particular chunk of the um, of, of the labour force print. You know, you, you get you get revised population estimates, uh, a bunch of other inputs change as well, and the net um, the, the net revisions across everything, like even across the course of 2023, were all sort of positive across the board, both in terms of um, you know getting um, you know, jobs growth revised up or job numbers revised up a little bit. Um, the um, unemployment rate sort of not having as little, not having quite as much upward pressure in it either. I think that's um, that actually held steady at three point seven percent for the month. So, no. yeah, to that extent, but earnings, yes, that that's sort yeah. of the that, that's the potential wrinkle in the number, I suppose. Um, yeah. Earnings also double expectations.
0: Well, if you've got if you've got lots of jobs available, you've got lots of people taking them. I mean, you know, you would expect earnings to go up, wouldn't you? So, zero point six percent in January. That's uh, and and again, an upward revision for December, not quite as large as the the n- numbers of jobs, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, uh, this would be something the Fed doesn't want to see. Yeah,
1: that, that, that's certainly correct at, at face value. It's, uh, yeah, and that number double expectations as well, which is not the double the double you want mm. compared to jobs growth. But um, you know, the a bit like in Australia where the the RBA likes to focus on the wage price index. Yeah, the Fed's preferred measure of wages pressure in the US is the employment cost index, which is a roughly similar number and I guess you know, one of the reasons for that is it, it smooths through a lot of the volatility from month to month and um, also makes a few other statistical adjustments yeah we got that out we got that number out last week that's still tracking at a relatively comfortable level um, yeah, and over time I think most analysts will sort of point to the average hourly earnings tending to be led t- tending to converge toward the ECI rather than the other way rather than the other way around so probably not too much to fear just from this one-off print particularly mm. given the swath of revisions that came through right
0: but then we also saw an unemployment number in the ISM, number as well they didn't we? the uh, the unemployment rate went down which sort of contradicts non-farm payrolls a, a little bit but the headline P- pmi by the way 49.1 from 47.1 so it's rising it wasn't expected to go quite uh, as much but prices okay not jobs but manufacturing prices back on the rise so they went from 45.2 to 52.9 so that is a bit of a worry isn't it maybe a sign that you know another one anyway that inflation isn't beaten just yet
1: yeah a bit bit, bit of potential prices pressure there too i think um, i have seen some cautions that um the prices paid in the icm track commodities prices um yeah pretty closely so given that's a major input in manufacturing so less of a less sort of wages pressure there and more um more commodities, so probably not. Once again, probably not too much to be fearful about there. I mean, one one indicator that I have seen um, flagged as being, you know, maybe having a bit more significance than anything else out of this sort of combined stuff at the end of last week is the. Um, uh, is the hours worked within the um, within the non-farm payroll survey. So that's actually been sort of weakening for the better part of, um, yeah, for, 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 well, for, for a good while, actually. And um, that included um, that print last week. And I mean, if you're thinking about... Um, you know, uh, is some of this jobs growth is it, is it, is that labour hoarding, those sort of things? The um, tick down in um, in hours worked is maybe an indicator there that um, that there is a little bit of latent softness happening, and we're seeing a little bit similar here in Australia with um, yeah underemployment starting to creep off some of the pandemic lows as well. So there's there's some weakness in the in the middle there, but. Um, is the Fed going to be um, going to be jumping on the on the March rate cut? Um, you know, I, I think um, the market should definitely be well and truly off that yeah. now. So, so when significantly scale back pricing, which yeah. it has. So, when's the market looking for now? Then um, the market's now got a full cut not priced in until June, although May May is pretty close. But I mean, the, the the key thing is probably the changing in those March probabilities. You know, that was sort of you know, sort of well north of sixty percent at one point. Now that's back down to barely twenty percent. There's only about five points priced for March, which, given the way that the data's evolving, certainly seems um,
0: seems fair, well, certainly the Fed speakers that we've had since you know they're still striking that party line, aren't they? Inflation's not going to come. Inflation might come down, but interest rates aren't going to come down for a while yet.
1: Yeah, and then I mean, there's actually a lot of echoes between the beginning of this year and the beginning of last year. Um, yeah, we went into um, we came into the end of January 2023 with uh, with 10-year bond yields down sub three and a half percent by the middle of February after a strong payroll surprise after some strong after a lot of substantial upward revisions to CPI. Data we ended up with a ten-year treasury trading above four um, by mid-February last year. I think if I remember correctly. So, you know, we've we've got the payroll surprise again. We've had a bit of other sort of strong, encouraging U.S. data. Um, We're going to get those CPI revisions this week. You know, um, Fed Governor Waller has been on the wires the last week or so, or or a couple of weeks ago, sort of cautioning that um, you know you you could see some of this um, sort of. Happy story of inflation revised away a little bit, so there's still certainly some risks. Risks there,
0: and 121 billion dollars worth of three, ten, and thirty-year bonds are going to be issued this week as well. I'm not sure that you know with the, with the yields rising again. Perhaps it's not such good timing for a, a, a splash of bond issuance.
1: Um, yeah, I guess it depends um, whether you're looking at it from the treasury side or from the from the mm. investor side. I suppose. I mean, certainly, treasury ten-year treasury is trading again with a four percent handle. I think. Um, I think there's still some sort of psychological. Um, that's still a bit of a psychological level. I think. Um, yeah, we have seen the auction sizes increased a little bit, but um, given the total treasury refunding came in a little bit under expectations, you know, I guess maybe not as bad as feared on the supply side. So, been very interesting to watch where um, where clearance rates and stuff um, you know, end up going. So, this will be sort of the first um, first. First test of that in a little while.
0: It was an interesting day on Friday, wasn't it? When we saw the dollar getting stronger, we saw bond yields rising quite a lot, but we also saw equities rising quite a bit on Friday as well. Well, I think
1: um, we did get some of those big um, big tech name results just after the close on Friday. So I think mean, Meta, in particular, made a lot of headlines um, with the with, you know, with with their big buyback and a, and a dividend and doing a few very um, you know non growth stock like things. Um, probably much to the delight of, of Mr Zuckerberg and, and other shareholders obviously I think that that, that was part of it and, and certainly sort of broke the trend to I think a little bit of some of the sort of AI driven softness in some of the other big tech sector results we've seen um, yeah, earlier in the week so I'm, I'm sort of ascribing it mostly to that and in fact you did see you know, the S&P 500 I think made one and a quarter I think Um Rest of the Nasdaq sort of closer to two percent on the day, so a bit of a bit of a tech story there. I think, even though typically in a day where ten-year
0: yields jump nearly fifteen basis points, you'd look at that as being tech negative. Mm, but, but it uh, wasn't wasn't the case, was it? And I wonder about this whole idea of the buyback. I wonder whether was it an artificial intelligence engine that told him that's going to be maybe that's going to be the way now. The uh, the stock market is going to be completely driven by artificial intelligence. Uh, on uh, in the UK on Friday, Hugh Pill gave a speech which had a bit of a market response. You and I have not been able to find a copy of this speech anywhere. Uh, it was online apparently. Maybe he's got a TikTok account. I didn't look there, uh, but <laughs> wherever it was, uh, I mean, he basically came out with the line that you know inflation might come down, but that doesn't mean interest rates are going to come down in a hurry. You're just going to have to wait that little bit longer. Was basically the message, and markets did respond. to
1: Yeah, it. and that um, I, that sort of you know picks up on a similar theme to what um, you know, talk Gavin's been talking about in, in this forum where. You know, the the BOE can see quite clearly there's going to be a pretty attractive slump in inflation, We've measured inflation through mid year, but there's good reasons to believe that's not going to not going to extend. So people sort of talking to that theme, yeah, saying we need to look through that temporary drop and um and, and, and keep rates high, and uh, the, the market impact of that was was a pretty substantial underperformance by gilts on Friday. So gil, gilt yields rising a lot further than the US, um, you know, despite um, you know, despite that, despite um, that, that week.
0: Sorry, that strong U.S. data. So and are we going to get a similar story tomorrow then from the RBA?
1: Well, yeah. that's So we get, there's a few interesting things f- to change with the RBA this month. Yeah, you know, with, given that's the this is the first uh, two-day meeting, so they'll actually start meeting today, mind you, in practical terms. We still get the announcement yeah. 2.30 p.m. tomorrow, so no difference in that sense. Um, what we do get alongside it, though, is we'll actually get the statement of monetary policy. We get that tomorrow at 2.30 as well, rather than Friday, like we traditionally did and also we get our first press conference with governor bullock at uh, at three thirty, so an hour after the release so a few things to to watch there i mean the in terms of our view on the actual rate decision that that's clearly for, for unchanged i think there's very little case for uh if a, for, for a rate move given where inflation has been realizing over the past quarter um i think we're looking for them to have a inflation forecast track in the smp that will probably point to inflation being back in the middle of the target band by mid-2026 so that's still pretty long compared to what other central banks are looking at so we need to see where um you know, sort of what uh what nuances mm. put on that at the at the press conference and i guess we interested to see um yeah what what tone maybe we can discern from governor bullock herself at the at the podium in the press conference as opposed to what we're maybe getting from um you know from the from the broader board in the
0: statements i so mean to see yep.
1: if there's any too, too much difference there
0: and what's it all do to housing? So we had that big fall, didn't we? We didn't talk about it in the over the weekend when we were talking about house prices, but we didn't talk about the uh, the housing finance commitments, which would because we actually recorded the uh, the podcast before they came out, but down four point one percent in. December, I think NAB was actually expecting they're going to increase, but I mean they are volatile. If you look over three months, and it's actually up a bit, so maybe we just dismiss this as a as one month. But but obviously it, it is having an impact. Higher interest rates, you'd expect it would, and it is, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So yeah, so- softening in commitments. There, we were expecting something stronger. Um, I mean, the other data out alongside that as well was the was the PPI uh, for for Australia. Mm-hmm. And looking at the construction. Um, um, construction um, sort of producer prices still very strong growth in there as well, which is certainly not going to um, you're not going to help on the new construction side. Um, yeah, with changing sentiment around rate cuts domestically, interesting to see what happens. Um, whether um, you yeah, sort of whether the, the sort of stories of latent stock waiting to come to market will be uh, will be realised, or, um, or or whether something else happens. So yeah. Yeah, not too much direct implications from that data on Friday, though. But certainly interesting to have in the pocket.
0: Right. Well, uh, we get the ISM services index for the United States today. Also, the caching uh, services PMI for China as well. We get the trade balance for Australia and uh, Jerome Powell, I think, is talking fairly shortly Sunday night in the United States on 60 Minutes convincing, obviously, the American people that he's doing the right thing by them. I wonder if he'll talk about the risk of CPI going back up again or, or you know, or numbers being revised you know, later on in the week.
1: I mean, normally I would say I expect so, but I mean, given that um, he's Sort of surprised me personally on the dovish side in both December and, uh, and and January. Now, to to some extent, I guess it's hard to tell. Um, that um, interview mm. was uh, reportedly recorded on um, on Thursday, so sort of after the FOMC oh. meeting, but but before the release of the um, before the release of nonfarm payrolls. So, um, yeah, I guess it's, there's a possibility that, um, that that the chair may have had some idea what was coming. But um, but the, the messaging there will be interesting to watch. Given obviously this is sort of a direct address to the you know to sort of the US public at large as opposed to a financial markets driven audience. So it'd just be interesting to watch the the tone of what comes out there. Yeah,
0: for sure. But anything market moving, I mean, obviously that would have somehow leaked out between Thursday and today, you would have thought, wouldn't you? It's not. Nothing stays secret in the podcast world for that long, that's for sure. All right, very good. Uh, We'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Ken. Catch you again very soon. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. And earnings-wise, Caterpillar before the open tomorrow in the United States. That's often seen as a bellwether stock, but really, uh, we've been through all the big news stories. We've worked our way through most of the tech stocks in the United States. Uh, But it is a big week in the ASX this week. So look at stocks closer to home. That's it for me. Back tomorrow morning for another edition of The Morning Call. Thanks for listening.